Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Thinking Outside the Boombox, your number one source for hip-hop and R&B news. My name is Ahmad, and I'm your host. It is Sunday, April 12th, and the tournament is finally coming to an end. Um, I've got my friend Brian back in the studio. Say what up. Hey. Um, Who won? I'm sick of this. (laughs) You want me to tell you? No, no, do your thing. It's fine. I can wait another five minutes. <laughs> so um, let me let me pull the bracket up for the people here. So this is where we left off. Um, last week, uh, Brian was on the podcast to determine the final four matchups. And in the Fan Love Conference, we had no issues. Uh, the final uh, matchup is We Got It From Here, Thank You For Your Service by Tribe Called Quest versus KOD by J. Cole. Now, in the Critics' Choice Conference, we were able to decide Good Kid, Mad City, but when it came to that ultimate matchup to Pimp a Butterfly versus My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, um, you know, we, we couldn't get the job done. You know, we, <laughs> we, we went... We failed, you America. <laughs> we did. We went <laughs> to five categories. At the end of those categories, it was tied two to two to one. So we went to a tiebreaker, which was the best song. We decided that was Runaway versus All Right. And we couldn't agree. I thought it was all right. Brian thought it was runaway. And so what we decided was that, you know, I have this this wonderful Thinking Outside the Boombox Academy that votes in the award show that I present at the end of well, at the beginning of every year. Um, and so there are, I think, 13 members. And so we decided to just present them with the question which is the the better song, Runaway All Right? And however the better song, however that question means to you, answer that question. 
and we tallied votes, and I was able to actually get every single vote. Uh, I, I was able to receive a vote from every single member of the yeah, Academy. Yeah, no one had an excuse. <laughs> yes, very true. And so the winner, and actually let me prepare to update uh, this in real time in the image here. One second. Properties. I had labeled these images in my computer as the one with the question marks is called Final Four with the question mark. <laughs> and then the one I'm about to broadcast is Final Four with a period. <laughs> uh, so let me pull this image up. It's taken a while because we're on stream. So let me ask you this before I reveal. Yeah. What, yeah. what do you think happened? I think uh, it's going to go to Kendrick. Okay. And I'm, I'm ready to accept the loss. Out um, of... Out of 13 votes, what do you think the score was? You said it was pretty close, Mm -hmm. if I recall. You texted me and said it's really close. It's a tie with like eight. So I think that it is – I don't think it's going to be as cliched as it's, um, you know, eight – what is it? Eight to what, seven? Is that Uh, math? It would be eight to five. Okay, so not that. So like seven to six. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, seven – yeah, seven to six. Uh, I think it's going to be seven to five in favor of Kendrick. Okay. Well. Or maybe eight to five. I don't know. I don't know how the math works. I think I think Kendrick won by two. Okay. So the winner was to pimp a butterfly, yeah. <laughs> Kendrick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so the votes tallied between a tie for like. So I was getting votes in, and at one point it was four and four. At one point it was five and five. At one point it was six and six. And so that was 12 people, including both of our votes. And right. so I had one vote left, and then I, I, I had also reached out to a member, uh, to kind of like a prospect of the Academy for uh-huh. next year. In case I didn't get um, sure. this last vote, I was like, you know what? Let me reach out to him. I know he'll answer. What yeah. do you think it was? And he voted, he voted for Runaway. Smart man. He should be inducted immediately. <laughs> yeah. And so then the last vote came in. And because, because the last vote came in, I didn't want it to be even. So I just excluded his vote. Sure. Um, and so, yes, he ended up winning seven to six. I, oh, it was by one. Yeah, he who won was by it? one. It was, who was the last one? <laughs> Call them out right now. It was Ariel. Was it Noah? Was it Noah? <laughs> it was, was Ariel. It? I know Noah voted for all right. I know he did. I don't know that for sure, but I know that for sure. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, fine. I've made peace with it. It's look, how the process works. I look, listen. I, I'm part of the academy. I have to respect their choices. And no one, no one can deny that you fought for this song and this album as much as you could. You did everything you could. I did what I could. It's my favorite album, <laughs> but it's 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 okay. It's okay. <laughs> and so. The final four is set, and by the end of this episode, there will be one winner. We have Kendrick versus Kendrick, his second studio album, Good Kid, Mad City, versus his third studio album, To Pimp a Butterfly. And then we have Tribe, a Tribe Called Quest last album, We Got It From Here, Thank You For Your Service, against J. Cole's most recent album, and I believe his fifth studio album, K.O.D. Um, I'm... You know, even though there were some, you know, some surprises in this competition, I think that this is a good final four. 
And when I was doing the research, I was like, you know what? I'm I'm okay with what happened here. Um, you know, out of the many albums that were released this past decade, uh, these four are definitely, and especially the Tribe one now that I've gone back and listened to it some more, these four are definitely ones that are going to continue to be listened to um, by me especially, um, and I, but I think everyone. So are you ready? Are you ready to, yes. to decide a winner? Yes, let's do it. Uh, what do you want to do first? you want to do the Fan Love Conference or the Critics' Choice Conference? I was thinking about that. So I, I mean, not to jump in anything, but I feel like it's going to be one on the left as the winner. So the, the issue is if we do uh, the Critics' Choice and then we do the Fan Love, mm-hmm. the, I don't know. I mean – I, I I don't know. Let's let's save the the Kendrick talk for a second. Why don't we do the fan love? We've talked because I feel like we ended the podcast last time talking about the Kendrick albums, right? So let's True. start this podcast talking about the other side. Let's do it. Okay, so okay, my webpage decided to just reload. That's fine. Um, so the the final matchup for the fan love conference is We Got It From Here, Thank You For Your Service by Tribe Called Quest versus KOD by J. Cole. Um, And I want to actually pull up some information about um, how they got here, actually. So I want to pull up their their Metacritic user scores because we haven't uh, talked much about, like, uh, which scores they had to rank where they were because, for instance... KOD ended up in the eight seed. Um, while we got it from here, thank you for your service. I believe was a, a two seed or something like that. Um, it was two. Yeah, it was two. Two. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let me just pull up the data here. And Metacritic is a great tool for compositing critical consensus. And especially for film, it's even more accurate than the tomato score, which really? takes – Well, the issue with Rotten Tomatoes – and sorry to get away from music oh, no, – is that it, the percentage that you see isn't how good the movie is, right? So let's say you have a 74 percent. It doesn't mean that out of 100, critics give it 74, mm-hmm. which sounds really good. It actually relates to – how many the percentage of critics who have reviewed it who give it a positive review oh so what you do is if you go on rotten tomatoes don't use that instead oh, click okay. on the movie and then click on more information and then it'll show you the average critic score out of 10 okay so a, a movie can have 80 percent positive and then you go to the critic score and it's like six and a half which means the majority of critics uh, recommend it, but they just think it's just okay. It's just passable. But because it has that eighty, you're like, holy shit, this movie's going to be amazing. But instead, that so, you know, and also Metacritic is just more selective about who they give their review counts mm, to. That's fair. Okay. All right. Pulling up information here, uh, and I'm also just going to do my notes off my phone because just want to leave the bandwidth here. <laughs> So, uh, we got it from here. Thank you for your service. Um, had an 8.7 user score um, out of 317 ratings. Wow. Uh, so, and, you know, out of the, like, 
50 or, or even like the 36 that ended up in the tournament, I don't think any of them cracked a nine in the user score. I think there was maybe an eight, wow. an 8.9. So having an 8.7 is, is pretty high up there. Um, so let me pull it for KOD. KOD's was actually pretty low, which is how it ended up in the eight seed. Let me see what it was. 7.6 based on 279 ratings. And it actually had a low critic score too, which was surprising. Like it, it was just it was lowly. It was reviewed like poorly. <laughs> yeah, the critic scores are the seventy three. That is weird. There were only fourteen reviews, I guess. But yeah, know. they're very selective over there. I don't know why. Yeah. So, um, as you know, we have five categories, um, and you know we're gonna try our best not to make it a six. You know, for any of these, but you know, you never know. <laughs> You know, the tiebreakers have to happen sometimes. Did 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 you text everybody just being like, we're recording now, just stay by your phone in case we need you? <laughs> we need a live vote. I need you I, to tell me. <laughs> just put someone on speakerphone, <laughs> hold it up to the mic. I mean, um, no, we'll do it. I'm not concerned. Yeah, I, I think I think we'll be fine this round. You know, honestly... None of the matchups that are left, I think, will be harder than To Pimp a Butterfly versus My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Yeah, yeah, so. I think so. I, th- I think we may be more divided on, on, uh, on some, but, um, but I, yeah, I, I don't think we're gonna have trouble deciding. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's do it. We have success, achievements, cohesion, legacy, and then the better group of standout tracks. Um. I we are gonna if we if we get to that category we are gonna go through what our standout tracks. Are again because I know I've added like one or two across the the four albums okay. just because I did I did re-listens of all the albums and there were some that like stood out to me um, more than before so we can just go through that whole thing but for the most part we should be aligned because we aligned last week. Um, so success, Kod has sold at least one point one three one million units. While we got it from here has sold at least five hundred thousand, so KOD takes a one zero lead. Achievements yep. broken up into Grammys, Billboards, and Records. Uh, no Grammy nominations or wins for either album, so it's still a wash. Hmm. Uh, Billboard, we got it from here. Debuted at number one, spent fifteen weeks on the chart. KOD debuted at number one, spent 72 weeks on the chart. So I think KOD takes us a small lead there. And then records. We got it from here, as I mentioned last week, marked the longest time between number one albums for a hip-hop act, 20 years. So in 1996, uh, Beats, Rhymes, and Life uh, was the number one album, and that was their last one until this album. KOD, upon release, broke Apple Music and Spotify's 24-hour streaming record. Uh, J. Cole tied the Beatles with six songs in the top 20 of the Hot 100, and it became the first artist to debut three new songs in the top 10 of the Hot 100. So I think, I think you know, those, those Billboard records that he, he tied and created, I think, gives him the win in the records, and so he takes the achievements category. Yeah, that sounds that sounds right. Okay, so it's that quick two zero lead you always talk about. Yep, yep. Um, so let's jump into cohesion. 
Um, you you start. What do you think is the more cohesive album? Well, it kind of goes back to what you're talking about. Um, what you talked about last week mm-hmm. with we got it from here. Oh yeah, with we got it from here. Um, where it it is. You know, it does feel so a part of the time that it was released, but it's not as cohesive around a certain message. It they go from talking on the issues to being like an old Tribe's called uh, Tribe Called Quest album, mm-hmm. but um, and just kind of like honoring Five Dog and just the group in general. It's kind of it's kind of this blend. Uh, whereas KOD is so controlled as far as his theme and what J Cole is trying to express with the album, even as far as the, the production. And, uh, so I think it might go to KOD. Um, uh, I, I, I'm leaning toward KOD, but I want to hear your thoughts. Um, I completely agree with you. Uh, I think, and we mentioned this last week, but I think that tribe wasn't focused on making a cohesive project. They had opinions that they wanted to get out and they wanted to prove that they could still do it. And they wanted to go out on a good note and they did all of that, but the combination of everything and them kind of, you know, going back and forth between social commentary and just like showing you that they could mix their old style into a modern, mm-hmm. um, a modern one. The combination of that didn't make for a cohesive project where, where, as you mentioned, KOD, the concept was tight, intricate. It was executed like in a in a wonderful manner. So I think cohesion goes to to KOD as well, and so it it wins in a sweep. Boom! Wow! Yeah, you know, and legacy it, can it, only take you so far. <laughs> I know, and legacy would have gone. <laughs> legacy would have gone to uh, tribe. I agree. I, I feel like the tracks probably would have gone to KOD though. I agree. Know. Yep i had I had it four to one. Uh, should, we, KOD. should we mention the the songs that we have? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's give them a let's give. A, we got it from here last hurrah okay um so i had eight from we got it from here i think Uh, i might have added one this time around uh how many did you have ten ten okay i had the space program we the people solid wall of sound dis generation kids mobius moving backwards and conrad tokyo Okay, I had some of those. Um, I had the space program, we the people, whatever will be, solid wall sound, kids, melatonin, Mobius, black spasmodic, lost somebody, and ego. Okay. Although I would have given you um, Conrad Tokyo. Okay, and I would have given you lost somebody and ego for sure. Um, Yeah. But it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Four wins for for. It's only appropriate that J. Cole, who was so huge this decade and really came to prominence, moves ahead here. Yes. Championship contender KOD by J. Cole. I feel good about that. I do. It was a great album. Yeah, I do too. Um, So let's move over to the Kendrick versus Kendrick battle. We have To Pimp a Butterfly, um, Kendrick's third uh, studio album, one that has gotten a lot of tension on this podcast <laughs> recently with, with the last round and the voting, um, versus Kendrick's second studio album, but probably the album that skyrocketed him into the mainstream. 
And that is Good Kid, Mad City, released in 2012 to Pimba Butterfly, released in 2015, I want to say. Um, so let's, let's jump right into it. Uh, success to Pimple Butterfly has sold at least 1 million. Good Kid Mad City sold at least 3 million. So Good Kid Mad City takes a 1-0 lead. Um, achievements. A lot of achievements to go around between these two albums. So yeah, Grammys to Pimple Butterfly has two Grammy album nominations. One of them being album of the year. One win. Plus six Grammy song nominations, one being song of the year, with five wins. So total six out of eight, uh, six wins out of eight nominations for To Pimp a Butterfly. Good Kid, Mad City has two Grammy album nominations, one of them being album of the year, no wins. Plus two Grammy song nominations, no wins. 0 for 4 that year. Um, the album also earned him a Best New Artist nomination so to pimp a butterfly, I think obviously takes takes a lead there. Uh, yeah, you agree? Yeah, um, I guess whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Billboard Good Kid, Mad City debuted at number two. Uh, spent three hundred eighty four weeks still there. Uh, to pimp a butterfly debuted at number one and spent one hundred twenty five weeks. Um, so I think similar to the conversation we had uh, last week, I think that when it was Good Kid, Mad City versus Astro World, yeah. yeah. So I think the the fact that Good Kid, Mad City has been on the charts since it debuted, regardless of the fact that it debuted at number two, I think it gives it the win there over to Pimp a Butterfly. Sure. Okay. So it's tied. So it comes down to records. Um, Good Kid, Mad City earned the highest first week hip hop album sales of 2012 from a male artist, and it was the best selling debut from a male artist of the year. To Pimp a Butterfly was streamed 9.6 million times in the first day on Spotify, setting the global first day streaming record. And in the 26 years since there have been multiple rap categories at the Grammys, Kendrick became the first artist to sweep all the categories solely off of music from his own album. Um, so I know you mentioned last week that, you know, it's hard to compare the Spotify things yeah. because Good Kid Mad City wasn't on the chart. But I think if we just take what remains in that that Grammy uh, record versus, you know, the highest first week sales, I think To Pimp a Butterfly wins that one. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree with the Grammy records. OK, yeah. so it is tied one to one. This is sound. This is all sounding wow, very familiar. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna feel like I'm really hating on the Pimp a Butterfly, but I'm not. I like the other albums better. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Um, let's see. Cohesion. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Well, I'll I'll go first. I kind of know what you're gonna say, and. <laughs> Because I've listened to this, <laughs> and it comes up every time. Because it's it's what ha- you know it's the comp- it's the cohesion. Um, the thing I, I will say we we talked last week about how Good Kid is him tackling uh, um, a micro world, and to Pimp is him tackling like a macro world, right? It's yes. him dealing with 
describe just painting a picture of his neighborhood and then him painting a picture of the United States, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's it, two albums or he's kind of expanding. Um, and the, to pimp a butterfly, um, just with regardless of the cohesion with the the poem at the end and he's reading it to Tupac, but just the weaving of the songs and the themes that he's expressing are very I mean they're of course they're cohesive it's an amazing album thing with Good Kid and what about Good Kid before it feels like your four of often from sitting next to him in a car and he's driving you around telling you about. Everything that's in his town, his experiences, and the bits that sound like they've been recorded on a tape deck, mm-hmm. to me, are like him pulling up to a spot and putting in a tape that he recorded of his friends and playing it for you. So you're in the area where it happened, and you're listening to the sounds of his experiences in the spot. It feels very much like he's. It's almost like a you know a museum tour, right? Where you have the thing and you get to a painting. And you press it, and it tells you a story about it. That's kind of what he's doing in that album for me. Mm-hmm. Um, is being like, you know, ten years ago, this is what happened. Here, listen to it. And um, I don't, I don't have an answer for you. But those are my <laughs> arguments. Those are my. That's my argument for Good Kid because I feel like every time I, I and it's maybe because I'm not from, um, I'm not from Compton, right? And so the cohesion of Good Kid. The fact that it really puts me there and it really makes me feel like I'm seeing the sights and hearing the sounds and breathing the air, um, whereas I live in the shitty America that we're in, mm-hmm. to a certain degree, uh, I'm surrounded by it. I feel like Good Kid might be more cohesive because I really do feel like I'm being I'm being shown uh, a town that, that I don't uh, live in, but I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? Um... So I still don't have a final answer. <laughs> so I I consider, you know, this is two conceptual no skip albums for me that constitute Kendrick's best works. I don't I don't think it's an argument. I don't I don't think it's a debate that To Pimp a Butterfly and Good Kid Mad City are better than Damn in Section 80. Um no, no, no. And Untitled, you know, we can consider the Untitled one too. It would be a very short debate. <laughs> yes. Um, one of them, an action-packed tale of Kendrick's neighborhood and upbringing, how it influenced him, how it influenced the people around him. Um, a primary story weaved throughout the album that keeps you invested, keeps you intrigued, as you just spoke to. Um, the other is an album that looks outwardly towards Black America and some of our biggest challenges. Um, one that takes a poem that is delivered one line at a time. Uh, until it was revealed that he had been reading the poem to Tupac the entire time. Both are incredibly cohesive albums. Um, But I think the execution of To Pimp a Butterfly's concept was more impressive to me. Like, the fact that each segment of the poem corresponded to a different song, the fact that the poem as a whole outlines his story and how fame has affected him, the fact that he reads the poem to Tupac, who was one of his biggest idols. Um, the fact that the the entire concept of of the album kind of stemmed from Tupac because it it was going to be called 
to pimp a caterpillar, which would be Tupac, P-A-C. Um, but he decided to change it to, to pimp a butterfly. And then he reads that poem at the end um, that it kind of explains how how his surroundings um, in Compton was kind of his cocoon. And he was the caterpillar. But as he grew more famous and, uh, you know, left Compton, he became a butterfly. But he's trying not to get pimped by the industry and the people around him. And he's trying to stay grounded and true to himself. And so, like, the fact that, like, you know, the story that he told us in Good Kid, Mad City, um, the world that he outlined was the cocoon that he talked about in this in this album. Um, I loved the fact that he asked Tupac. Well, I mean, he didn't ask him because it wasn't a real interview. But the fact how he, <laughs> he like, made it seem like he was asking Tupac if he himself had been pimped as a butterfly because there was a moment in the interview where he was like, so do you think that um, you just got rich off of, off of the hustle or do you think there was some like sacrifice you had to make? And so he was kind of asking Tupac, like, do you think you were a butterfly that ended up getting pimped? Did you stay true to yourself? All of that, like combined, just like, I thought the, the concept from start to finish was just, was just flawless. And like, um, the jazzy, funky production of the album, I thought, um, was more cohesive with the theme than... So, like, Good Kid, Mad City had great, incredible production, but I think that, like, the way that he was able to even incorporate jazz and funk into the production of To Pimp a Butterfly and have that be cohesive with the theme, all of that combined is the reason why I give cohesion to To Pimp a Butterfly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You you did it. You me. I I do think that a lot of those points can also be attributed to to Good Kid because I think that it's you know what you're saying about how to butterflies about his celebrity and him trying to stay true to himself. I think the exact same thing about Good Kid, where it's about mm-hmm. him learning about who learning who he is while trying to. Well, it's a it's a horrible struggle of trying to discover yourself and then trying to hold on to it as you can feel it slipping away by these the, these presences around you that are. Mm-hmm. That, that are tempting you. So, yeah, no, but I, I, I agree, especially the, the production and him weaving the different genres of what you what would lead to hip-hop, right? Jazz, right. funk. Um, and then him talk because the whole thing is about how this, this almost isn't new, but we're able to personify it now, and the struggles are just as real. So him incorporating jazz and funk and um and 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 african beats and all this this thing to combine into Mm -hmm. this opus um and then yeah the ending is just is a torch of um of of a torch passing of two of one um generational artist who who was socially conscious and rapped about politics to another yeah did I win a prize? <laughs> it depends. Are you okay. voting for it to pimp a butterfly? <laughs> I am. Yeah, I, am. <laughs> I get. I, I get a. Doesn't like a treat come down now that I did it. <laughs> yeah, I like press a button here and it just kind of appears. <laughs> yeah, have a. Uh, I have like a sense in my. It's very like pleasurable sense in my head. Like, oh, that felt good. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, I do vote to pimp butterfly in this category. Okay. So two to one for to pimp a butterfly with legacy yep. and tracks remaining um let's jump to legacy okay uh i'll go first this time okay um good kid mad city as i mentioned 
uh, is I think the album that you know put Kendrick in the mainstream. Section eighty was technically an album, but uh, P- his visibility was nowhere near what it was after he released Good Kid, Mad City. Um, that's the main reason why he got a Best New Artist nomination off of Good Kid, Mad City in the first place. Um, incredible album uh, by in many circles, by many accounts, heralded as an instant classic. Um, his first foray into mainstream success, it showed how versatile he could be. He had radio hits. Um, he had some some super hard-ass rapping. He had lyrical storytelling, all connected to a theme that didn't stray from the concept. Um, for me, I just think that To Pimp a Butterfly is the better album. I, I went back and, and listened to these albums with the lyrics on. Because uh, in, in Apple Music, I, maybe you could do it in Spotify too. When you're like listening, you can like put the lyrics up as as it's I think playing. some things have that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, some songs. And so I did that for both albums, and the the main thing that I came away with was that the lyricism and rhyme schemes that he employed on "To Pimp a Butterfly" were, I think, a level above anything he did on "Good Kid, Mad City," and that's saying something because he rapped incredibly well on good kid mad city but when i think about just some of the the like tangents he went off of just from a rhyming standpoint in a lot of the songs on to pimp a butterfly it was just like wow this dude is insane and combined with the flow and and things like that um i just think that everything he did on good kid mad city um he took to another level on to pimp a butterfly i thought the production was way more compelling um, and impressive when coupled with his performances over them. Um, and that's all without talking about everything we talked about last week about um, black culture and the conversations that started within the community. Personally, I just think that this is his magnum opus, his most important album. And so for Legacy to Pimp a Butterfly wins for me. Let me... Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with what you said, but I do want to argue in favor of Good Kid where what mm-hmm. you were saying was that uh, to pimp a butterfly did everything that he did in good kid, but heightened it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which is saying, which you even said is saying something the, I, but when good kid came out, it was, it was a novelty. This kind this, this, this kind of production, this kind of skill that he was doing, it came seemingly out of nowhere. Cause I had never heard of him and it, it, it blew him up where it, it was, it was unlike any other hip hop album we were hearing at the mm-hmm. time. From the production, from the themes, from the especially the lyricism in his writing. So there's something to be said for Legacy, where To Pimp a Butterfly, I agree, is even though it's 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 my second favorite of his, it, it is better as far as the writing goes, the production because he's older. But there's something to be said about the first time that that happened, mm-hmm. the surprise and the novelty of it, where it's like, holy shit, listen to this. Whereas it was expected. On his second album, because we had all heard his first, and I think that as far as legacy goes, I, I, Tim Butterfly is just so important of an album. But there, I don't know. I guess, I guess I agree. But I want to talk about the tracks. But <laughs> I mean, we we can still talk about them. I know, but th- there is something to be said for the first time as opposed to the second time, right? It's mm-hmm. where. The only reason that we're saying, wow, look how look how much better this album is and, and that was impossible to do is because one came before it and it had something to build upon. And 
the when this came out, it was just such a startlingly like dense album. Yeah. And um, and so I think that there's something to be said for the legacy of of that of the first time it happened. Uh, being such a surprise and blowing us all out of the water um, and being this like I consider it a debut album because it it was his debut to just mass audiences and it, yeah. it is one of the best ones. I don't know. I, I'm not thinking clearly in terms of other albums, but it might be the best since Dropout. The best debut? Yeah. What do you think? Hmm. 2012. To, yeah, to 2004. Four, yeah. Whew, debuts? Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think of who was debuted in between that time. And it's, it's definitely... It's, I don't, I don't think it's anybody as good as... As good I mean, as this I, is it anybody as good as good? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. So I think that um, there's something to be said for the first, the first one as opposed to the second better one. But um, I do think that to pimp a butterfly is something that will be talked about um, and will mean so much for so long, mm-hmm. um, which says more about our dumb country than anything else but um <laughs> true <laughs> it'll be this will be relevant for years everyone's like oh fuck <laughs> like damn I really it hope, i really hope that's not the case <laughs> it would be great if in like two years we're like boy he was talking a lot of shit i don't know everything's fine <laughs> but uh i i know I, I do think legacy and if i'm thinking 10 years from now i think right now legacy to me goes to good kid i think 10 years from now it's going to be to pimp so mm. i I feel like it's going to happen either way, so let's just do it now. I think the Pimp a Butterfly does move on to the finals, and what a, what a choice to do so. Um, no, I'm serious. It's a terrific album. It's I I just Good Kids are my favorite of Kendrick's, but I can't yeah. at all argue against anything anyone can say about the Pimp a Butterfly. Yeah, so, I, I figured it, I figured you would come in here and and you know give Good Kid Mad City its due. So I was I was ready for the discussion. I tried. <laughs> um. Just I forgot because I, I didn't mention this at the beginning. Uh, s- these were both in the Critics' Choice Conference, so they were ranked by Metacritic Critic Score. And so, To Pimp a Butterfly had a critic score of ninety-six. Uh, let me see how many critics actually. Did. Uh, Forty-four critics. Good Kid, Matt City had a score of ninety-one. Yeah, they're both one seeds. Yeah, yeah. Um, 91. Let me see how many critics. Come on. Load. Uh, 36 critics. So about the same amount of critics. Um, yeah, and their their user scores were actually the same, 8.8. So. Wow. So if they, if they didn't end up – if they didn't win or <laughs> become nominated for any Grammys and ended up in the other conference – they might have they might have fought in like the the first round or something like that who knows right well because this is we're not going into the oh do you want to talk about the tracks yeah 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 let's do it i feel like we did this but i i again i have the same as last week i listened to them again and nothing changed uh so if you're looking at the track list for good kid mad city and you're looking at the actual album besides the bonus tracks it's mm-hmm. just you have the first track which is not on there you have the next 10 songs in a row, 
and then I still don't have Compton on there because I, I can't have all. I can't have 11 out of 12. <laughs> so I have 10 in a row. Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe, Backseat Freestyle, The Art of Peer Pressure, Money Trees, Poetic Justice, Good Kid, Mad City, Swimming Pools, Sing About Me, I'm Dying of Thirst, and Real. Okay, so I also have 10, but I'm trying to figure out which ones I have that you don't. Okay, so I have Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe, Backseat Freestyle, Money Trees, Poetic Justice, Mad City, Swimming Pools, Sing About Me, I'm Dying of Thirst, Real, and The Recipe. So you don't have the art of peer pressure. Oh, that's nine. I have nine. Sorry. That's what, oh. that's what happened. <laughs> so you don't have the art of peer pressure or a good kid. Correct. I don't know how you can't have good kids. It's just so good. <laughs> It just, it Lyr- didn't, yeah, I don't know. It didn't, it didn't say oh, like, it, it is good, my, but it might be yeah. my favorite lyrically. It's so good. Okay. Um, all right. And then, uh, for the pimp of butterfly, I have I'm 10 as well. 10. Yeah. I think, I think we have the exact same, but I added one this time around. Okay. So you, so you then have Wesley's theory, mm-hmm. King Kunta, mm-hmm. these walls. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. How much a dollar cost? Mm-hmm. Complexion, mm-hmm. the black of the berry, mm-hmm. you ain't got to lie, mm-hmm. I and mm-hmm. mortal man. Yep, and I added for free this time. Sure. sure. I uh, I went back and listened to it with the lyrics and just like <laughs> the incredible rapping that he like it's it's just an incredible performance. I kind of wrote it off originally, um, just because I don't know it, it's it's more it was more of like a performance than a song really. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it feels like a skit almost yeah, to music. Yeah, but then I just like went back and listened to it, and the way that like the jazz is so sporadic and it's all it's it's jazz and it's just like all over the place. But he's kind of like one note like with it, even though it's the jazz is moving like all over the place. He's like in like one line, like like he's like the through point through all of it, and then as it like speeds up, his flow speeds up, and he's just. The flow is just incredible, and all these like lyrics, and I was just like, "Wow, wow this the, is insane!" The flow at the end, <laughs> yeah. The at the end and so insane. I had to add it, but um, that's fair. I would have given it to you. Um, this would have been a tough battle for me because yes. I I have so much love for those songs, and just each one like could could be lead singles on it, like. Bishop Come Vibe," "Backseat Freestyle," "Money Trees," "Poet." Mm-hmm. Those all could be lead singles. Of different albums, yeah. Like they're they're so it's just it's and just the punch that each of them had. I I keep thinking back to when it came out, just being like, man, all of these songs crush. Like, mm-hmm. so it, it, it would have been tough, but we can move on to the championship. All right, so we have the winner. Let me put the bracket up. The winner from the Critics Choice Conference, representing the critics in. The Championship to Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar and the winner of the Fan Love Conference representing the fans KOD by J. Cole. We have a one seed versus an eight seed in the championship. Wow. wow. <laughs> also, it's, it's so fitting that J. Cole gets the fan love because he, we said it last week, just Spotify just goes crazy when J. Yes, Cole releases them. Absolutely. And so, what an incredible path for j cole to come in on the eight seed and actually i think he i think he had to win a play-in game to get here um no yeah yeah against friday night lights yeah 
Wow. So he was in the play. So he was the eight seed, but I guess we can consider it. Friday Night Lights was playing in, was like playing him to see if it could get into the tournament. Yeah, KOD yeah, was, was like already a, like a in the tournament, matchup. but it could have been knocked out essentially. Um, yeah, it was like a wild So KOD beat Friday Night Lights, J. Cole versus J. Cole. It beat Care for Me by Saba, which I know you didn't think it would get past that. Right, round. which was where its journey ended for my list, yeah. <laughs> um, then it beat. Is that Room 25? Yeah, it beat Room 25 by No Name. No, 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 no. It beat no, room, room 25. Oh, yeah, I forgot it's going diagonally. Up against, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it beat Tetsuo and Youth uh, yes. by Lupe. Um, and then it beat Oxymoron by Schoolboy. Yeah. And then it just beat We Got It From Here. Thank you for your service. Some heavy hitters. Like, it had yeah. an incredible run. Like, this is like... If, if well, we it's just also... Can, <laughs> if we just consider the seeds, like this yeah. is like some no name school getting into the tournament and just wrecking everybody through the championship. It's 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 interesting because it beat like it beat a rookie. Yep. And then it beat um like a vet and then it beat like a like a sturdy veteran, uh-huh. right? And then it beat someone in like their prime, right? Yep. Like a tw- like if we're on basketball, like a twenty eight, twenty seven uh-huh. year old. And then it beat like like the like like LeBron's last season. Yes, yes. Right? And, if, and <laughs> so if you if you think existentially, it even beat a version of itself in the yeah, play-in oh, matchup. <laughs> well, that's the hardest opponent, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's you look in the mirror, and that's just who you have to face every day. <laughs> Something J Cole would rap about too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> whole album. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, so Kod will be facing off against. To Pimp a Butterfly, which, to be honest, up until the last two rounds had an easy run. Um, it, it had a bye week in the first round. Beat Kanye twice. Yes. So beat Watch the Throne. Yep. Uh, then it beat Invasion of Privacy by Cardi. Uh, and then in a contested matchup, it beat My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. It, it had a cakewalk to the finals, and I just speculating here might have a cakewalk in the finals. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think I so, think we're on the same page there. Um, I, before we get started, though, I'd like to say justice for Saab, as you said, justice for Room Twenty Five, yes, yes, justice for Eve, yes. Uh, what Under else? Jewels undone. Yes, yeah, yeah. But I have to, I have to respect that you know it's like we all have different uh, favorite movies and albums of the year, so it's True. just how it goes. True. Um, yeah. And and I and I like I like that you know I was able to get so many different voices on the podcast to make this decision. So like this was truly this was truly for the most part an academy an academy tournament. You know we for the most part a lot of us had say in what went on. And I think it's I think yeah. I I can measure this as a success because there were albums that I wanted to move on that didn't move on, and I think that's a success for me because <laughs> I didn't get everything yeah, I wanted. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, I've also had that. <laughs> yeah, I, but yeah, no, it, it, it is good when it doesn't go according to plan because that means that it's it's not in your control. Yes, and absolutely, be, and it seems like a consensus is being formed. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I um I would also like some justice for "Take Care" by Drake. I thought I thought "Take Care" absolutely deserved to go on to be slaughtered by my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. I think it deserved <laughs> that right. <laughs> That that noble death. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it should have been there. It should have been. It should have been that. Yeah. How did Dam be? I, I listened to the episode, but what what was the? It, I feel like Dam 
maybe one unit sold, or do you think Take Care won that? Uh, actually, I can pull up that information really quickly. Uh, so, Take Care won success. Damn won achievements. Sure. Um, oh, these are my notes. It also says something about the seating that if you're reading this, it's too late. Made it further than Take Care. <laughs> yes. It really. It says something that it made it one more round than Take Care. Three Drake albums in here. Yeah, yeah. No, nothing was the he same. Was the, Take Care. Him and him and Kendrick were the most represented, right? Yeah, and I and I I honestly think that makes sense if you think about you know this this decade, yeah. this decade kicking off in 2010. Kendrick's yeah. first like Section 80 was I think maybe 2010, maybe 2011. Uh, Drake's first official album, Thank Me Later, was like 2011, I want to say, because So Far Gone was 2009. It might have been 2010, actually, Thank Me Later. And they've both had incredible careers and amazing albums in the 10 years that followed and were probably the two biggest hip-hop stars and were always pitted against each other, Drake versus Kendrick, one, the king of the hit, the king of the pop rap, essentially Kendrick, the most lyrical rapper to come up in this decade. They were always competing. And I mean, yeah. the numbers didn't lie in this matchup. Uh, Kendrick it hit the quality one out, I think. And I think that that makes sense. Oh, you mean for, for, for just in general or damn and take care of uh, in general, in general. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I, I can't even, I actually don't even remember. Cause I, the That's only thing fine. I have here are I my notes you. and I'm pretty sure what happened in that matchup differed from my notes. I had take <laughs> care winning three, two. I had it winning, uh, legacy tracks and success. Oh, that's what happened. Uh, I had it winning tracks, but we ended up, I ended up just agreeing with, uh, I think it was Joe who was on who thought that damn uh, had the better tracks. And it came down to that Kendrick Drake conversation of like, what do we consider better? Is it better because these are the more fun tracks or is it better because like, these are clearly the most lyrical tracks. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I kept the list of everything so I can tell you what I would have done too. Hold on. I know this isn't great podcasting, but oh, no, this is fine. I mean, people, you know, people love this. People love my opinions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, let's see. So it was facing. Hey, where is it? Good kid, Dr. Smith. All right, so damn. So I, I also had damn moving on. Mm-hmm. I gave success to Take Care. Yes. Which might have just been on. Uh, I also can't scroll to the left. Um. I gave uh, success, no, 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 accolades to Dam as well. Um, yep, that's what happened I, in real life. I gave songs to take care. Oh. Um, and then Cohesion and uh, Legacy went to Dam. Although Legacy, I might flip. Oh, you know what? Dam got a pass on Legacy because of the Pulitzer. That's why. Ah, okay. That's what did it. So we were the almost one. the same. I just gave Legacy to take care, and that's why I had it moving on. Um, yeah. Mainly because Damn wasn't Kendrick's best album, and Take Care will will until he makes a new one will always will go down as his best project, and people will always yeah. be talking about it. So I just thought it had a greater legacy. But um, actually, I'm pretty sure that that might have 
that might have come up. Uh, Joe might have mentioned the Pulitzer, um, but I, I just I just put the Pulitzer into the achievements. So right, it, it didn't right. Come up. I just it's just it's 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 you know it's Donna, it's going to go down in history for that for a while. Yes, um, I was also being very stingy on standout tracks. I only have like <laughs> six for Take Care, and I have what? seven for Kendrick. I was being stingy at the beginning. That's fine. I was like, I was like, I can't put all of these. Like that'll look silly. <laughs> so I only, Meanwhile, here we are in the finale, and we've got I like ten, ten songs know, for I each three album. Books. I know, I know things. Well, I, I think it's because I listened to you. This is before I you did an episode, mm, and yeah. I listened to you guys. I'm like, oh, they're putting whatever the fuck. All right, yeah. great. They, they're not caring about like the amount of of, of of songs they have on there. So I, I won't either. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, let's do it. So let's do it. To Pimp a Butterfly versus KOD success. To Pimp a Butterfly sold 1 million. KOD sold 1.131 million. KOD takes a 1-0 lead. That was a close game, and they are lucky to have it. <laughs> yes. That, that team is like, holy shit. They're like, whoa. Can we win, Can we win all these yeah. games? Their like, confidence is up. Like, yep. Yeah. Like, yep. wow, that was tough, but we did it, though. Yeah, they're, look, KOD after that win is going to go out and party because they're like, yo, we took one game against the Pimple Butterfly. We can win this whole thing. At home. Let's... At home in their home. But I'm yep. guessing that it's it's in the critics because they're yeah. the, the higher. Yeah. yeah. And wow. then they're like, let's go get drinks. They get a little yeah. they get a little wasted and then game two happens. A little cocky. A little <laughs> yeah. cocky. So they're, they're gonna they're gonna pass too much in the second game. <laughs> they think that like we have this figured out. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, to Pimp a Butterfly has just like they were a little tired. They just came off of two incredible matchups two against so hard. Yeah. My Beautiful Dark yeah. Twisted Fantasy and Good Kid Mad City. So especially after coasting. Yes. During the tournament, where they're like, "Guys, lose word number one. This is easy." And then yep. they're like, "Holy shit, we have to fight for this." Yep. Okay, they're yeah, like, "Oh, yeah. Kanye. Oh, myself in a past yeah. life." <laughs> and so then they won two. They come in with such confidence, and they lose game one. They're yep. like, "We're not fucking around anymore." They're like, "All right, let's we're, turn we're it studying, up." Studying, we're watching film. We're not. We're not fucking around. Yeah, yeah. And so achievements, Grammys. Uh, we've mentioned this to pimp a butterfly. Uh, one out of two Grammy album wins, five out of six Grammy song wins, six out of eight total. No Grammy nominations at all for KOD, so To Pimp a Butterfly takes a, a lead there. Yeah. Uh, KOD debuted at number one, 72 weeks on the chart. Pimp a Butterfly debuted at number one as well, 125 weeks on the chart. It takes an even bigger lead. And then, uh, you know, the, we could debate this. So, yeah, Spotify ones that actually mean something. Yeah, so they're both contemporary. Let's do it. To Pimp a Butterfly, this was 2015. They set Spotify's global first day streaming record, 9.6 million. And then also the first time in the 26 years there had been multiple rap categories at the Grammys, Kendrick became the first to sweep the categories off of his own music. KOD broke Apple Music and Spotify's 24-hour streaming record, which I'm unsure if that's globally or domestically, but if it's globally, that's essentially the same record that To Pimp a Butterfly set. Right. And and who knows if KOD was the first one to to break it. But um, And then also tied the Beatles' six songs in the top 20 and first person to debut three songs in the top 10. Um, 
There's an argument to be made for KOD. I I feel like it is KOD. I think yeah. that the I think that the, the breaking the record on two different platforms when there's so many options and so many more people listen. Yes. When you when you have a bigger pool, it could be harder to break a record mm-hmm. because there's just so many people that could choose not to listen to your shit. Yeah. And then the Beatles thing is always staggering. And also just having how many songs – was he the first person to do that? First artist to debut three new songs in the top ten of the Hot 100. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah that's that's shocking. And uh, and yeah, I feel like KOD gets that. I'm, I'm with you. Um, it's it's, it's not think, enough because Samantha yeah, Butterfly wins. Goes, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so they had a great quarter. Yes. Boy, they a good quarter. So they were getting blown out, completely yeah. smoked in the first the halftime. Th- yeah. <laughs> and they it, they went like there was like thirty five to like twelve, and they were like, "Well, we got this. We're down ten, <laughs> but we have momentum." Yeah. yeah but Tapepa Butterfly hit their free throws essentially. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's it's tied one one. Um, Kod is reeling a little bit. They're like, uh, I mean, you know, we showed we signs. Yeah, we, yeah. Why can't we just do that quarter for the whole game? We yeah. Figure out, yeah. Meanwhile, Tabitha Butterfly is like, we're back. <laughs> they, we also have them figured out. Like, it's fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. It's going to be the easiest thing. <laughs> cohesion. Um, look, KOD, we obviously we've we've talked about KOD's cohesion. I think KOD has probably won cohesion in every matchup it's had in the competition. I can't verify that, but I think that is the case. I think that that, yeah, maybe Lupe, but I still think that it, that, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that, I think that that's probably true. Um, I don't think it wins this one. I, you know, no. not, we, we've talked too much about the cohesiveness, the concept of to pimp a butterfly. They both had great concepts to pimp a butterflies was better. I think it wins cohesion. I do too. So this is this is the since this is just because these last two things are going to be so easy to talk about. So this is like they. In, this is game what three? Oh, this is oh. So this is going to be oh no. Kod has one. Okay, so they scored like a hundred and five, right? Uh-huh. But they they gave them a hundred and thirty. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Like it, like they they played a great game as far as like offense and their defense was just not there for them but like you take that away and they scored a lot they were in sync on on offense mm-hmm. I guess that's that's cohesion <laughs> they oh, cohesive yeah. on offense yep but uh, but the other team was just hitting their shots they were just better fundamentals yeah they rode the wave of that game two win and they're like look we we can see the finish line in sight right. this opponent. You know, we we played them for two games now. This is the third game. They're nothing like what we just fought in the last two rounds. It's, is this the is this the first game in J Cole's uh, court on J Cole's court? So basketball's been gone for so long. I've forgotten how this. Well, works. so it's it's different because this is a five game series instead of seven. So usually they do two two one one one. So this would either be they alternate probably, one one one. Two, I would say it's two two one. That'd so, be my guess. Two two. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So this, so is, this the is the first, first one. game played on J Cole's court. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay. And they 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 played a great game, but they lost either. Yeah. Game. Which is a shame because now they're in front of their home fans. They've had this Cinderella season. Yep. Elimination. And they game. are. I don't even know if they. I don't remember them scoring a point on this next one. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember them making a basket. I know they did. 
But like, if you asked me the game week later, be like, how many points they scored? I'm like, did they score any? You're like, I, the only thing I can remember was Tapimba Butterfly. They were just scoring all over the place. Just, just LeBron <laughs> Wade alley oops from half court, just <laughs> disgusting. Like, I don't even remember if KOD was there. Like, was it a shootout? <laughs> I think someone got hurt. Someone must have gotten hurt on their team because they they did not show up. Uh, yeah, legacy. I mean, the fans left after halftime. There yep. was it was. It was it was a massacre. <laughs> yeah, and this you know the the legacy conversation is is kind of indicative of you know Drake, J Cole, and Kendrick. I think are the three artists that you know will be the most talked about when we look back on last decade and probably the one the one that we're in now. Like that twenty year span from twenty ten to twenty thirty. I think these are the three artists that have the opportunity to dominate it. Um, and I think they all did last decade, but I think they have a real chance to really do something crazy in this next so, decade. I have a question for you that who coming up is one or two albums away from joining them on that perch in the next decade? Who do you see as being like, okay, they need one or two more albums that just explode mm. and are so, you know what I mean? Who's on the precipice of that? Ooh. Is it almost like if like Rhapsody could get her hands on like a mainstream hit? Is it? Yes. Um, Run, Run the Jewels are coming out with their new album. They are. That song they released recently is good. I like that. I agree. I agree. Um, I don't know. That's that's tough. Um, I, I don't even know who's in the the running. It's uh, honestly, I, I I do agree. I think Rhapsody, if she can make an album. And I, I, I know she doesn't want to, but if she can make an album that stays true to what she wants to do, but just has some like like two or three crazy good hits, like maybe with some insane features that just right. make it impossible not to chart like Rhapsody and like Travis Scott. But it actually turns out to be right. an amazing hit like somebody. That, so so kind of like a speaker box love below. Yeah, yeah. I think she they're, has the they're still outcast, but they have like three songs that uh-huh. could just be played on MTV over and over again. Yep. But yeah. like at the end of the day, when it comes to visibility and the mainstream access, like mm-hmm. there are it's it's a long drop off from the three of these guys to yeah, everybody else. Yeah. Like I was like, well, Vince Staples, but I was like, nah, but he's not super mainstream, even though he makes incredible albums. And then it's like Saba, but it's like, no, same thing, super lyrical, still kind of young. Same thing with like Travis Scott, but just like the opposite of that. I don't know. <laughs> yes, he needs more like substance. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 tough. It's tough. tough. That was a tough question. Um, but at the end of the day, um. Kendrick's, I think, legacy will continue to outweigh J. Cole's, and that is just because yes. Kendrick, they talk about similar things, but Kendrick does it on a bigger scale. And I think that is why, you know, Kendrick's albums will always kind of outshine J. Cole's, even though J. Cole makes great albums. And I think To Pimp a Butterfly's legacy is just, it's, it's going to be light years ahead of what KOD's is. KOD's is great, but in 15 years, uh, no matter what these artists do in between then and now, I think that the drop-off between people talking about KOD and To Pimp a Butterfly is insane. (laughs) 
Yeah, no, I agree wholeheartedly. I think that's right. And I think that it is it is interesting because they are similar artists in that sense. Yes. Where they, they care about their production. They care about their cohesion. They care uh-huh. about their writing. Uh, Kendrick does 10 times more, which isn't a dig on J. Cole, but Kendrick is is searching for something higher for his writing and his production mm-hmm. than J. Cole. J. Cole is content, and that's not, again, not to say that he's like too content. J. Cole is in a comfortable position where he yep. feels like he's making what he needs to make. Kendrick keeps trying, especially between the two albums that we're talking about, Good Kid and To Butterfly, mm-hmm. keeps saying, how how do I build upon this because I have to? Yes. Whereas J. Cole is like, I know what I can do, but I can do it stronger. He's not necessarily building on it. He's just tightening it. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's that might be the difference. But, yeah, it's it's to Pimp a Butterfly, and it deserves to win this uh, this tournament um, yeah. and this competition. Yeah, and, and to further that point, J. Cole also had a couple years there where, like, Sideline Story, his debut album, Born Center, his second album, where – he hadn't locked in to his his purpose and what he wanted yet. He didn't lock into that until 2014 Forces Drive, where he was like, I'm going to make the music I want to make. I don't care about features. I don't care about radio hits. He cared about that stuff, or rather his label was forcing him to care about that stuff, who knows, on those first two albums. Whereas Kendrick found a nice niche like way to get the radio hits out there but not sacrifice his vision at all and i don't think j cole had gotten to that point when he was making his first two albums so um kendrick's like his track record is just so much more polished because he he allowed himself to be himself he allowed himself not to be pimped we could say by the industry he continued to be a butterfly that was unpimped you know throughout whereas j cole you know he got pimped a little by the industry in the beginning, but now he got he's pimped. pimped. Yeah, pimped. yeah. <laughs> but now he's a butterfly. Now he's like he's yeah. a full wings, but they're not. His album his looks like a butterfly wing. That's <laughs> yeah, it? very true. It, yeah. yeah, it's got those colors on either side. Yeah. So all right, so de- declare a winner, host. Let's do it. So the winner, the best hip hop album of the past decade, 2010 to 2019 is To Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar. Yes. You know, uh, at the beginning of this, I I saw this happening, but I thought there was an incredible chance that Kanye could be here for My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. I, I could have seen that going either way. Um, you know, as much as I... Darcy's Beautiful Fantasy is my favorite album of all time. Uh-huh. Kanye was my favorite musical artist yes. for so many years. Agreed. It's it is to speak in uh, in terms uh, Kendrick would understand. It is poetic justice that Kanye does not win this prize. Yes, yes. <laughs> so I will say that I, while I, I am disappointed, I think it is fair, all things considered, that yes. Kanye does not get this distinction. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, this was a lot of fun. I agree. Now you got to start working on uh, for the second half of the year uh, best hip hop albums of the two thousands. Oh my god! Two thousand to two thousand nine. Let's get some let's get some Kanye on Kanye battles going. That sounds registration. That sounds very fun, actually. Then you get Outcast in there. You can oh throw Missy god. in there. God. Don't <laughs> tempt me. <laughs> You know, blue uh, black albums, a contender. 
Oh my god, American Gangster. Let me just quickly. Uh... Oh wow, some Cameron. Oh, that that would actually be. If we're being real, that would be harder than this. <laughs> like that would be yeah. much harder. I mean, get rich. You could have Fiddy in there. Get rich. Yep. Little Wayne at his peak. The Eminem show. Eminem, although yep. I really don't yep. want that to win. Um, we would be able to fit in the first Kid Cudi album because that that missed this tournament by one year. Yes. Oh, please. Yeah. Some love. Uh, but I mean, like even like the like you know when when did uh, when did um, what is it? It's Black Star, right? When did that come out? Mm. Mm. You also have just common and common and gen, you know, common you could throw in there. There's a lot of stuff. Let me find that, that one. That tells me 1999, but I could be completely wrong. Uh, studio albums, 1998. Oh, I was close. Okay. You were close. Um, but I mean, yeah. Then then you can have, you know, Food and Liquor. I know you're a big fan of Lupe. Yes. The cool. I mean, there's, a, there's a lot of options. Yeah, you know what you you have you have tempted me. Um, I'm going to consider but I, it, but I I would save it, right? I would save it to like maybe after summer. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh no, yeah. There's definitely nothing I would. I, I want to get some regular episodes in before I do another project like this. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh, game theory. You got roots albums you can throw in there. Even more than I'm done. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this was a great tournament. You did a great job. This is well represented. Thank you. Uh, and uh, it was a blast. I'm looking at albums now. You can keep going. <laughs> um, thank you uh, for many reasons. For one, for being a guest on the pod two times um, in this tournament run. And also for giving me this idea in the first place. You and Noah's movie tournament, which is set to conclude within the next week, week and a half. Oh, three, week, three weeks, yeah. Oh, we'd like to think so, but <laughs> who knows. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you have a Final Four officially. I'm very excited about that. Um, do you want to go ahead and plug, plug it? Yeah, everything? sure. Um, so we, I have a podcast with a friend of mine, Noah, called What's in the Box Office, where we used to look at the box office and the movies and the money they would make and talk about what it means, where your dollars went, what that means for your favorite stars, your favorite franchises. Um, just kind of put that all into perspective, what was a hit, why. Uh, Noah is a novice to this. I've been following the numbers for 17 years, so we kind of have that dynamic going uh, that I mean, we passed episodes of that going back uh, two years. For the, our first episode was when I believe Avengers: Infinity War debuted, mm. so you can go back as far as that and follow the box office stories of Joker and Star Wars and uh, Endgame and all this kind of stuff. We talked about all that week to week. That's on um, what's in the box office dot com. What box office is our Twitter? Uh, I'm on Twitter too, Brian Dusserber D S U R B E R, and we're doing a tournament. Um, because everyone does a tournament. It sounded like fun. And so we're deciding the greatest blockbuster of the decade. Um, and we had 32 uh, movies, and now we're whittled down to four. So in our next few episodes, a model will be a guest on a bunch of them. But our next few episodes, the final four, which we're calling four weddings, final four weddings and a funeral, is Avengers Endgame v. Black Panther. And on the other side, Frozen v. Get Out. So your dream matchup is still a possibility in the final. Yes, Black Panther versus Get Out. I want Black it. Panther versus Endgame is going to be insane to talk about. Yes, I mean they they both are. I honestly, I when I think about our categories, which are similar to yours, they're both 
going to be insane. I mean, the legacy of Get Out and Frozen. Uh, Impact upon release. I don't know who wins that. I don't know. So uh, we'll be discussing that the next three weeks. We're going to do a matchup a week because we have nothing else to talk about. And we're uh, (laughs) coinciding our uh, 100th episode of the podcast with – with the winner of this tournament. And I also do another podcast. If you watch how to get away with murder, Ahmad and Karen, will be guests on that. Uh, mm-hmm. That's on, Oh, it's a podcast.com. It's called how to get away with a podcast. We did puns <laughs> for each. Other. Uh, and we're discussing the final four episodes. Now of that insane, disappointing show. <laughs> so, <laughs> we'll see how that all ends. Yeah. Um, that is all very exciting. I'm excited to be, to be on all of those episodes. Yep. Um, what else are we doing? Nothing. <laughs> right. Um, thank you all for listening. I know there have been lots of just like streaming issues with with the stream lately. As you can see, I have a new setup here. Um, I think that's going to help cut down on like the bandwidth issues. But there's still some tweaks to to, to play with. Like the, I think the video might still be a little choppy and whatnot, but. Um, that's also because due to the coronavirus and everything, we have to Skype in and like yeah. to do these conversations. So it's, I think that's, what's tweaking a little bit of the bandwidth. I think once I, once I get back to just doing the solo double episodes, everything will be fine, but I actually enjoy doing guest episodes more. So, you know, I'll, I have to figure out a way to make sure get the audio and everything going where it doesn't, you know, affect the stream, but thank you all for tuning in. Um, thank you for following this tournament from its, its humble beginnings. Um, didn't know how long it was going to take, how everything would, would, would plan, would pan out, but I'm very happy with what happened. I think the winner deserved to win. Um, but I think, I think over anything, what this tournament should tell people is that these 36, you know, if we conclude, include the the albums that didn't play in, they played out. Um, those 36 albums deserve for you to, to re-listen to. Like so many of these albums that I knew needed to be on the list, but I hadn't heard in sometimes three years, sometimes a year you re-listen to them. And you're like, wow, this was an incredible project. So, you know, I would, I would implore all of you to give all these albums a listen, see, see why they made the list, you know, and why they made it as far as they did. Um, especially that tribe album. I think I didn't see that coming in the beginning, but I was happy that it got there because it is a special album. Um, and also yeah. you have nothing to do. Yes. Like just, just listen to it all. What, what, what else are you going to listen to? I, I saw what came out this past week. You're going to listen to Tory Lane's album for the next two months. I didn't. <laughs> I, I listened to other things that came up, but I, I saw Tory Lanez album. Like, no, that's it. Yeah, I listened to it. and It was like, this is fine. I listened to the new Strokes album. Actually, I did very too. Good. That's I what do. I listened to. It was great. It was. Yeah. It was very good. I yeah, do. I, I do. It a lot. Yeah, you should listen to that. Everybody on the on the stream. Um. So yes, this has been thinking outside the boombox. Uh, next week maybe I don't know. I feel like I kind of deserve a week off, so we'll see what happens. Um, <laughs> this is a long tournament. You're also going to be guesting on a lot of podcasts soon, so maybe do take a look. True. Um, but there are some things that I do want to get to that I've kind of been saving because I didn't want to interrupt the tournament. Um, there's a Grammy story that I do want to inform everyone on. There's a lot of drama happening at the Grammys, like the the newly appointed like. 
president of the Grammys got ousted. Um, oh, like, is, I'm sorry. Is that something pre- that can happen to presidents? <laughs> yes, apparently so. Oh, wow. That yeah, they, like thought, a- they thought she did something wrong, and they just gave her the boot. It was easy no, as that. that doesn't sound like, oh, boy. Just, <laughs> that sounds crazy. <laughs> um, so, yes. Um, I will be doing a story on that. And then I'll, I'm going to try and get back into some more artist spotlights. It's been a while. Haven't done an album review in a while, and I do want to talk about Party Next Door's album. I want to talk about The Weeknd's album, Childish Gambino's album. So... There is more content coming, just maybe not next week. So uh, <laughs> stay tuned to uh, if you follow the stream, your email. I'll, I've also got an Instagram now, as you can see uh, at the bottom of the screen. TOTB, the podcast for everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, thinkingoutsidetheboombox.com is the website. Go there. The podcast newsletter, which essentially just have this bracket or, or the final bracket on there. Um, but yeah, this has been Thinking Outside the Boombox, your number one source for hip hop and R&B news. Thank you, Brian, for joining the stream and for helping me decide a winner of the tournament. Uh, we'll see you all when I see you. Stay safe. Peace. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 